Thank you, Brother Ethan, for those songs. And thank you, Brother Chip, uh, for the Lord's Supper devotional and all that uh, took place in the, the worship services. We continue to pray for those that were mentioned earlier. Um, of course, our, our main uh, mind is also on Jim. We continue to pray that his voice will get better. Uh, I understand uh, how allergies and as asthma can go myself. So we just pray that uh, Jim will be able to be with us soon. And you may be uh, missing uh, quite a few of our uh, group. Uh, uh, Brother Jer Jeremy and others are with our youth group away. Uh, they usually do this about this particular time. So we just ask that you'll be with Brother Jeremy and Tony and I believe uh, Andrew. This morning, uh, if you would turn uh, to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I talked about this uh, some Wednesday night, and I wanted to con continue the thought, uh, the thought of uh, preserving the gospel. Preserving the gospel, I believe, should be on all the, the minds of us. Uh, we uh, come to church and we gather together so that we might bless others. Uh, Abraham was blessed so that he might bless others. And one of the ways that we bless others, I believe the main way, is to spread the gospel. But in order for us to spread the gospel, we need to keep the gospel. And uh, this was on the Apostle Paul's mind. We have studied in Wednesday of 1 Timothy. And you remember that uh, the message behind 1 Timothy was that uh, there needed to be church organization. There needed to be church administration. And the reason was, Paul says, that people need to know how to behave themselves in the household of the Lord. So First Timothy was all about preserving the gospel, as was Titus. You remember Titus, uh, they had a problem there. Uh, there was false teachers there. There were Cretans there. And one of their own uh, people that, well, Crete, they said that Cretans are evil brutes and always liars. And in chapter 1 of, of Titus, it says the way that that is combated is that sound doctrine must be preached. So it is so very, very important for us this morning to have the mindset of holding fast to the gospel, of pre preserving the gospel. In uh, our lesson this morning, chapter uh, 1 of Timothy, uh, was already been read, uh, but I may want to read that over again. Paul is very emotional. Uh, it is the last will and testament of Paul. He is about to be delivered in the hands of uh, Nero, uh, and uh, 
the history tells us that uh, he probably died at the chopping block of Nero. So he is very introspective, a lot of feelings there. He's in touch with his mortality. I got to tell you, I can feel with Paul. You know, as I get older, uh, as uh, sickness here and there, you know, I, I am, you know, just like Paul was, very, very, very emotional, uh, talking to Timothy, his true son in the gospel, and his main, what was on his heart was preserving the gospel, preserving the gospel. And how was that to be done? Paul says that one of the ways that we preserve the gospel, and I like what verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. You know, it just means a lot to know that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. It means a lot to know, to remember Christ promises life beyond this world. You know, that's something to hang on to, isn't it? Second Timothy, you remember Paul says in Second Timothy chapter 4 in the verses 7 and 8, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all them that love his appearing. Now, Paul was in prison. He knew that he was about to die. But he knew this. He had the hope that is in Christ Jesus. He knew that the worst things are never the last things. Now, I like that idea that we hang on to the idea that the Christian, no matter how rough things may be, the Christian has a future. You know, it is said of uh, Winston Churchill that at the end of his life, he planned out his funeral. And uh, what he wanted done was, uh, when all the singing was done, uh, the songs of faith was done, he wanted uh, uh, on the, in the St. Paul Cathedral, he wanted a, a bugler to, to say taps. And you know what taps indicate is the universal signal that the, the day is done. It's finished. And then also he wanted when the, the taps had, had finished, he wanted reverie to be uh, uh, uh done by a bugler. And we know what reverie is, that means that we need to wake up, that there is a tomorrow. And thus we see this idea that we have hope in Christ Jesus beyond this world. Uh, 
we, we need to wake up. I, I don't know, a lot of you probably know, uh, have heard the, uh, the play Little Orphan Annie, and it's a famous song that is saying, isn't it? The sun will come out tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So it is so important for us, church, to understand if we're going to preserve the gospel, there is hope for tomorrow. Uh, also, preserving the gospel, and we're in 2 Timothy again, if you read, preserving the gospel means that there is precious memories. Notice what uh, Paul says in verse 5 of uh, chapter 1, 2 Timothy. He says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwell in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. See those precious memories that are flowing? Sometimes we sing the song, Precious Memory, How They Linger, How They Ever Flood the Soul. And it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful when you have grandparents and a, a mother like Timothy had that they understood the power of sincere faith. There is power in sincere faith, and it was found in Eunice, and it was found in Lois, and see how that impacted and affected uh, Timothy. Thank God that we have uh, parents and grandparents that understand what power there is and sincere faith. That, that it is more than just living a, a life on Sunday mornings. We all can put on that face on Sunday mornings. But what about Monday through Saturday? Children are looking at us. Others are looking at us. My grandma, uh, she's passed on now. Born and raised in a little town in Tatum's, Oklahoma. One month shy of 100 years old. And I can tell you precious memories when I think of her. Man, she was, she was fearless. A fearless believer of the faith. And... Uh, when I think of her and my mom and others, the same as you may, people that have mentored you, you're going to hold up on the gospel power. Amen? You're not going to let your grandma down. You're not going to let those that were before you down. So when we think about those precious memories, it helps us. Preserve the gospel. God help us this morning uh, on the contrast of family also, uh, the connection of family 
verse 2, uh, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ our Lord. Helping us preserve the faith, preserve the gospel, it helps us when we understand that God's family is a divine family. I said uh, Wednesday night that I, I don't want to minimize the natural family. It's good that we have the natural family. It's important that we have the natural family. But I want to maximize the spiritual family. You and I. And what difference that it makes. I'm mindful of uh, that famous prayer that we pray. The, fa uh, the Father's prayer. The Lord's prayer. It says our Father who art in heaven. I'm mindful of that time that uh, when Jesus uh, they, uh, and his family was, was out on the outskirts and, and someone said, uh, your mother and your father are here. And Jesus says, my mother and my father and my sister are those that doeth the will of my father. There's a connection there that's undeniable. You remember perhaps uh, back in 1993, there were two, two ladies, southern ladies, and uh, they lived in the South, and they went through the challenges of the South, two uh, African-American ladies, and they wrote a book called Having Our Way. And they lived to be of age. I think they finally died. They were 109 and 104. And one of the things that they said was, you know, one of the downfalls of being old is that, you know, so many of uh, our loved ones go before us. And I, I can identify with my wife. I know can identify. My wife comes from a big family. It's 13, Ruby. And she only has one sister and one brother. And uh, I come from a big, my mother's family uh, of 10 boys and girls. And I only have one aunt left. You see, you see this idea of preserving the gospel and understanding that uh, this divine family that we are part of here at Wilshire, there's no such thing as an only child, amen? There, there's no such thing as an orphan. And what it needs to be said to Timothy is, Timothy, I know you and Paul are close, that Paul is on his way home. But Timothy, you need to understand that you're not alone. You have brothers and sisters that are trying to preserve the gospel. Our thought is preserving the gospel. I hope you're following with me. And in order to preserve the gospel, the gospel must be preached. Amen? The Bible says, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Prepare, uh, uh, 
reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. I talked about Wednesday night, the assumed gospel. Preaching the gospel is an antidote for assumed gospel. What is the assumed gospel? It's when we assume that someone knows that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. We need to preach the gospel. We need to teach the gospel. We need to let those know that the gospel uh, word is out. You know, I, I uh, so aware that God's word guides us. Amen? Several years ago, maybe it was a few years ago, our, our young people, they had a display, uh, displays in uh, the auditorium or back there in the back where we eat. And one of the displays that they had was a puzzle. And I have all of these many, many puzzles, and you know it's on. A, you try to someone would come in and they try to put a, put a piece of that puzzle there, and there was a box top there, and it helped guide them to put the right piece of the puzzle when they looked at that box top, and that's the way the word of God is for us. It guides us. Amen. The Bible says in Psalms 119 that thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. Just keep on looking at the guide. Uh, the word of God also gives us wisdom. It is so important for us to make wise decisions and I was studying this famous uh, story. You remember in 2 Kings, uh, rather 1 Kings chapter 3 and 16. And it had to do with the two uh, harlot ladies. And there was a great dilemma going on because the, the two ladies had a child. And one, one thing happened to the other. And in the middle of the night, one of the ladies' child died. Well, there was a great argument. Uh, one of the ladies said, uh, tried to replace it and said, it was your child that died. They went before King Solomon, and King Solomon heard all of the information, that they, 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 the story. He considered the information. He considered the source. He considered the situation. And all that's good. You know, it would be advisable for us whenever we need to make a, a wise decision to consider the information and to hear the whole story. But you know what settled it? The Bible says that King Solomon pulled out a sword. And that settled it. The one who who it was child says, no, let her have him. King Solomon was able to say, well, that's your child. 
What I'm saying to you this morning is that the word of God, the word of God will help us make wise decisions. Hebrew writer says, the word of God is quick and is powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit. Amen. The word of God not only gives us guidance, the word of God not only gives us wisdom, but the word of God also helps us. It gives us uh, the life that we need. I'm reminded of what Peter says, 2 Peter 1 in the verses 3, according as the divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Have you ever wondered why people are attracted to Wilshire? Why people come? Why are you here? Someone made a survey of that and studied on that, and they said the reason why people return back to a congregation is they return back because they see a home there. They feel comfortable there. They return back because they uh, find help there. They return back because they see hope, which we've already talked about. And the word of God is like that. I, I was studying and looking at, uh, uh, you remember the big humpback whale? And I, I think there's one insurance company that, that has it as uh, on their commercial. But that humpback whale, if you've ever seen one, it just spouts up out of the water. And some, someone said, why? Why do those humpback whales jump that high and come down and flap? Well, no one knows for sure. There's different people that say this and that, but one of the theories is, is that the humpback whale, when it jumps up, it's called breaching, comes down and flap, it's sending a language to the other whales. And someone has said that it's done a lot when there's storms. Someone has said that it's done a lot whenever you see that, other humpback whales will pop up, which gives credence to trying to communicate. What I'm saying to you, that as we're going to preserve the gospel, there needs to be what we call breaching, keeping in contact with one another. And I know it's hard to err in this quarantine pandemic, but we need to make efforts to not only preach, but to breach towards one another. God help us as we try to preserve this gospel. You know, my wife will tell you, I'm uh, romantically challenged. Anybody like that? <laughs> I look at the, with her. But there's one movie. I don't know if my, my wife doesn't like this kind of movie, but it's very romantic to me. And that's the, the one scene of the last of the Mohicans. 
And Daniel Day-Lewis and his lady friend, they were in trouble. And they were about to be overwhelmed. And the only, only way that Daniel Day-Lewis was going to save her was he had to leave her and then try to get her back. And I love this. You know, stay alive. Stay alive. I'll find you wherever you go, but stay alive. What are you saying, Gary? If we're going to preserve the gospel, we're going to have to not only preach, not only breach, but we're going to have to persevere. How can you preserve the gospel when you're falling away and drifting away? I'm talking now about this pandemic. We as elders, we pray a lot. We pray a lot that people are staying and persevering. Paul's message is endure, endure, endure suffering. God help you. My time is way out. But I, want, I wanted us to, to be mindful, first and foremost, all of us try to do better in reaching out to save people. I love church members. We need church members to do this and do that. But you know what I love even, even more? Disciple makers. We're called to disciple, making disciples. That's the key. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. We need to do better in making disciples. Amen? And we can do it. The message to Timothy was, Timothy, I'm with you. God is with you. I love the story of, of uh, Thomas. You know, sometimes I get, Thomas gets a bad rap and call him Doubting Thomas. But I love the story. He gives them the highest, one of the highest form, if not the highest form, a confession. When Jesus comes and he says, my Lord and my God, earlier, he says, I won't believe until I put my hands in, 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 his, in his side. I won't believe until I see the nail prints and see the prints on, on, on his, uh, his feet. But Jesus uh, comes to him and says to Thomas, Thomas, here I am. Put your hand here. See the nail prints. And the message is, I could just see Thomas. How, how did you know what I said? And the message behind that 
is that Jesus is everywhere. He's not somewhere. He's everywhere. His presence is with Thomas. His presence is with us. So this morning, please take that message with you. Whenever you understand that God is going to help you, you'll be able to use the gifts that God has blessed you with. That's what Paul tells Timothy. To fan the flame of your gift, use it. Paul tells him, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of me. Paul tells Timothy to guard the deposit that was, he had been blessed with. And he tells him, all of this can be done because I am with you.